everyone, welcome to the show. This is Sweet Sounds Radio Show where we play inspirational jazz and soul, new and old. I'm your girl Leah Hinton and thank you for joining us today. We got a great show today. We have a sit-down chat with an amazing musician today. So we're gonna share that interview. Uh, of course, we got some great songs and um we're going to be chatting with J.C. Hopkins today. He is an amazing, amazing artist, musician, uh, singer, performer, piano player, guitar player, a bass player, songwriter, composer, film uh, script writer, uh, all of the above, uh, just about, <laughs> in the industry, and just an amazing person and friend. And uh, band leader, he is going to be featured at Minton's Playhouse in Harlem this coming Saturday. So, you gotta go down. Meet us at Minton's. I will also be there singing as well with the big band. So, we're very excited. So, you will get to hear more on that. And after these next couple songs, we'll jump right in. Here up we have... Nancy Wilson with The Song Is You. Oh, 
here jc hopkins thank you for joining us jc of course Leah. my pleasure <laughs> awesome 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 so how has every everything been lately you got your mini shows coming up and um gonna be featured at minton's uh, as well at uh, this couple weeks from now uh, but how's everything been going Oh, it's been going well. It's been going well. It's been a, you know, if not busy, but a productive year in regards to music and other things as well. But, um, uh, yeah, doing different things, you know, um, we did a Billie Holiday tribute at Photographica Museum and then also Leonard Cohen tribute not necessarily the biggest band with another micro orchestra which you sang at and um those were really wonderful shows and we also played the gala there and then you know it's nice to be back in minton's because i gotta tell you it's my favorite place to play i just i i love it there i love how we just the band gets crammed onto the stage and so i get to hear the full force of the drums the bass of the horns and the vocals just kind of right so immediate for me. Whereas it's like if you're on a bigger stage, you're like, oh, can you turn up the trumpet in my monitor or this and that? Everything's coming out of the monitor. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not, it's, it doesn't have that vibrancy. So um, that's why. And then it's Minton's hollowed ground. It's religious. And uh, the funny thing about Minton's too is that years ago, when I lived in San Francisco, I uh, I wrote a song called "Meet Me at Minton's." Parenthetically, I wish I was Slim Gaylord. <laughs> and uh, it, you know, I thought the Minton's was long gone. It was just like the dream uh, of a jazz musician to go back and be at Minton's Playhouse. So then it was, you know, for me, incredible. Uh, 
um, opportunity and fortuitous because I had written that song and then it ended up being the title track of the album, Meet Me at and uh, So it just goes to show, I forget who said it, you know, somebody told me recently, it's important to vocalize your dreams, you know, put it out there and then, then it comes true. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Who would have thought that you dreaming of Mittens and you'd be there all the time, basically your second home. <laughs> the house, man, yeah. Yeah. You know. That's amazing. And all so right. how was your, cause I know you're from uh, California, so how was that uh, transition here to New York? How long have you been in New York? I came in 2000, and um, so uh, because I wanted to have jazz band, a bigger band, and uh, and uh, I just felt those kind of musicians who could really swing mm-hmm. and play that style. Bebop, we're out here, and it's true because then I realized it's the it's the train, it's the subway, it's the because it's the the symbol, it's the ting ting to ting ting to ting. That's the subway, and mm-hmm. so that's how you get that by living in New York. And uh, so I came, and like one of the first things that happened to me is I met Nora Jones, and I asked her to sing with my big band, and she was all of like, what, 20 years old? And she was giggly and said, yeah, sure. And then after, so I had to get, I didn't actually have a big band at that point, I just asked her. And so I am a biggish band. And then I met James Habacker, who just opened the Slipper Room in Lower East Side. And or I just went. Somebody told me to go down there because this club had just opened, and so um, I asked James. Uh, he was, I don't know. I was just so I have this big band again. Here, here I'm. I saying I have this thing that doesn't really exist, but uh, in theory. And so I was like, I have this big band. Uh, what about giving us a residency uh, once a week? And he was like, Yeah, sure, sounds great to me. You just have to perform with the burlesque. You know, incorporate a few songs with the burlesque performer. I was like, "Sounds good to me." And uh, so, you know, you know, right away, it all happened immediately. That getting upon getting to New York, meeting Nora, and getting a weekly gig at the Slipper Room, and uh, so it was really, you know, it just goes to show New York. It just mm-hmm. it can happen really quickly, mm-hmm. and uh, not necessarily easy, but you know. Yeah. All the really talented people are here. And and that's just amazing. Just by you asking those questions. You didn't have any connection to those people, to the venue, to Nora Jones. You just asked, hey, can we do this? And then they said yes. And I think people forget that you, it's just a simple ask. The worst it can be is no. <laughs> and the best is yes. So why not try and see? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and it's funny because that's, that's how I ended up playing with you. I remember the first time when I played at Mittens with you, I just asked. Our good friend Venetia wasn't available on that next date. And I happened to be there that evening. She invited me and I was like, this is amazing. And I asked and you said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> yes. But, you know, yeah. But I knew you were going to be good. I just like... Just something about you, you know, uh, you have to go on instinct and uh, trust that. Mm. But people, I found that people don't put themselves out there. They don't like say, let me do this unless they can cut the mustard, you know. they Why embarrass themselves, you know, nobody's ever, like even Nico, the trumpeter, Nico Sarbanes, he sent me an email or Facebook message saying, hey, can I, I'm a trumpet player, singer, can I come and sing with your band I'm like okay learn this song and be there and he learned it and he showed up and it was amazing you know it's like at St. Nick's Pub in in Harlem which is no longer there but that was another thing when I first came to New York it was the greatest jam session in the world you know I mean it really was James Carter Winton would be there but then like all sorts of people in the audience from just people who lived up there to like jazz tourists and stuff and you know, it was like uh, you 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 uh, you take a look at the clock to see what time it is. It's like okay, it's midnight, and I just start a tune, and then you look at the clock, and it's one o'clock, one a.m. They're still playing the same tune, you because know, people are up there just 
um, you know, jamming. And uh, but nobody asked to get up on that stage unless they could play. You know, why would they embarrass themselves like right. that in front of this kind of group? You know. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Going back to your beginnings, how did you get into music? Maybe 14 and I discovered music. I grew up, my father listened to jazz like religiously all the time and just blasted it. You know, and he loved bebop. But I, he had like four Beatles records. And so, you know, I, I kind of launched, latched onto those um, and just started and picked up the bass. Bass was my first instrument. I'm left-handed and McCartney's left-handed, so I learned all those bass lines, which are, you know, incredible, genius. And started with a band with a, this kid, Joey Sickle, who's like a year older than me. He knew all the Beatles songs and on guitar. And we had a band called The Snowman. <laughs> and I wrote a song one day, the first song I wrote, and Joe, Joey said to me, that's a great song. You're a great songwriter. And that's all you need somebody to tell you, like, you're a great something. And you're like, I am? You are. You know, they're so convinced. And you're like, wow, I'm. this is something I'm great at. And then I carried that with me for a long time. Because I've always kind of come out of music, at the music as a songwriter more than anything, as a composer. Um, and so... Then I, you know, I went through different phases. I, I mean, my first real phase was a folk singer and folk blues singer in San Francisco, and then kind of got into more electric, loud, noisy rock. And then, you know, somewhere in my mid twenties, I just was like, my dad had put those jazz roots into me that came back to me, and then um, so. Um, so I just fell in love with piano and became obsessed with playing the piano and then also obsessed with the songbook, the American songbook, Gershwin, Hoagie Carmichael, oh, from Rogers Hart, Harold Arlen, Billy Strayhorn, and um, just wanted to write those songs, just wanted to write another page for the American songbook. And then the, just the whole idea of that progression, how like jazz, especially modern jazz, early modern jazz is at least 
based on those songs, the changes, even Bebop uses the changes to how hot, how high the moon or whatever to come up with um, the tunes that the new melody har harmonic innovations that go over them. So I thought it's just the greatest format. And it's also like a way of communication because it's always, the songs also were presented in, um, I think originally a lot of them were presented in musicals. So it's like one person talking to a, another person, you know, um, so it's just also a great form of communication for the vocalists um, to sing. So I wanted to do that and then, um, I basically got a gig in playing piano in piano bars around San Francisco. And uh, from there, just developed. I mean, people came by would be like, hey, do you mind if I sit in? I'm like, sure. And so I went from being a solo piano to have a, a combo. And then uh, I wrote a musical, <laughs> jazz musical. And we had like a seven piece band. And then the bass player was like, let's expand the arrangements for a big band and I'm like yeah so that happened and then I was like yeah well now let me I'm gonna go to New York and really play this music so that was the progression basically <laughs> recent song, uh, One of Those Days, which we will be featuring here on the show. Um, how did that come into play? Because like you said, you, you do so much. You you do writing, you write scripts, you write music, um, of course, directing uh, your writing and your films and, and, and music videos and songwriting and performing and poetry and everything. What? How did uh, that one song come about? 
Well, that was funny. I mean, I was playing at, I think we we're at the Players Club, the biggish band, and this young woman came up to me and she was like, oh, do you mind if I play piano between your sets? And I'm like, yeah, I do, actually, you know. <laughs> Who are you? What are you, you know? But the next thing I know, she, there she was, uninvited, just playing the piano. I'm like, gee, but she actually sounded pretty good. So like, and then she came up to me and she was like, okay, I want to write songs with you. And I'm like, who are you? What are you, like, you know, I'm, <laughs> where's the answers? No, but I was kind of like, yeah, this time the Nora stuff had already come out. And so I was like, yeah, okay, I got nothing better. To do. <laughs> but it turns out we were like, uh, we hit it off and we really had a good, she was funny, Melody Federer. And so we wrote these songs, we wrote this for like a two week period. We just hung out and wrote songs and then, it's just funny how things work out. And then she had this boy, man, who was like a little puppy dog following her around. And she brought him to the recording studio. And she was like, well, he'll play piano on these, for these demos. And I'm like, great, let me hear. And he's this master stride pianist, Jean-Baptiste Franck. Just goes to show these things come around. So. We recorded these demos of these songs, one of those days, wonderful things to come, and a couple more, and then um, then Melody was gone. Where she, she moved, I don't know, she was just out of New York. Turned out she ended up like writing songs with Burt Bacharach, she's, she's amazing. And, um, but I never, I heard this, I never listened to the songs again for like 10 years. They were, I pretty much forgot about them completely. And, um, and then you know how the iTunes things things pop up, or I was working on some stuff for a, for a show, and I was like, I needed songs, and I don't know, these two songs came up, um, one of those days, and the wonderful things to come, and uh, I was like, yeah, these are great songs, <laughs> I forgot about them, and I called Melody, I found her number, got a hold of her, and I was like, do you remember those songs? And she was like, oh, I remember the wonderful things to come, that's a great song, and so. They, you know, we had these good demos of those songs, so I was able to have them, you know, Joy sing Wonderful Things and um, Benicia sing One of Those Days for the last Biggish Band album. And uh, it just goes to show things, things don't, something, you know, I firmly believe if something is good, it'll find its way into the world, back in the world. So it did. And then I ended up like um, reconnecting with Jean Baptiste Franck and making an album in Paris with uh, him and a singer, and we recorded uh, The Wonderful Things to Come. And then with, I have a new label, newish label, called Twee Jazz Records, and so that album is on Twee Jazz Records, and then I'm doing an album with, he plays uh, Monk, Jean-Baptiste Frank plays Monk, and that'll be out maybe next year. Oh. And uh, yeah, so. Very cool. You roll out of bed, you let out a sigh. The first thing you do is break down and cry, and you don't know.
saw a rat, you start to scream. The neighbors call the NYPD, and they make a big scene, a big, huge, silly scene. Well, hey, 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 it's just one of those days. You've had a little more than you can take. How do you find, because uh, uh, on the show we play a lot of old music, standard music, but also new music. Uh, how do you find new music? Do you listen to a lot of new music? Um, not really. I guess not. My wife, Lynn, she's, she's expanded my mind a little bit, but um, I'm pretty entrenched in older music mm-hmm. uh, um, but you know whatever comes across the, the the my purview you know I always have an open mind and, but you know I think uh, I feel like I'm drawn more to older mm-hmm. music my sensibilities are that um I feel like, again, with songbook, and this informs how I write music, it's the melody is the most important thing. And um, the arc of the melody, you know, the linear quality of a melody, that's what moves me. And of course, how it's placed and really how the chords underneath it are phrased are always, you know, there's almost an endless possibility there. Um, and uh, so, you know, and I often write songs that are personal, that are uh, specifically addressed to a to a person. So, um, and I find that that helps. It's like, um, I don't know, too, but then, but then there's, there's, I don't know, maybe a spiritual quality. I'm just getting back to songwriting again. In that I got to meet Towns Van Zandt and hang out with him. He's a folk singer, songwriter. And we talk about sky songs and how they just came, come from the sky and go through them and come out whole. And, you know, in, in this way, the story. And, um, you know, I mean, I think that's true. But then there's the craft of, you know, getting it into shape and everything. But um, but I'm interested in, in, there's so many young voices though that are coming out who, who um, love this music, which I don't, 
don't know. I think there was a period where people weren't really listening to jazz so much or appreciating it that way. But now, like people like you, Leah, and、um, Tyreek McDowell, and Isaiah Harris, and Joy Hansen, and Benicia, they just love the songs. They love them, you know. And it's, you listen, to, you look at them when the song comes on, and it's like it's an epiphany or something. And that's how I feel too. And it's、um, and. And so you know that's that's the goal is to be able to make music that strikes a chord to people. Definitely, yeah. What is the your most favorite song you've ever written, and one that you've heard that you didn't write? Well, it's hard to say.、Um, there's a song that's on the that's on the new record with Melissa. Melissa and Jump Up She's Frank and. Frank. It's called "Not So All Alone." It was written during the pandemic, or maybe a little bit before, and it's about somebody who's thinking about a time when they were not so all alone.、Mm-hmm. You know, I think there people got very isolated、mm-hmm. because they're quarantined and stuff. And so it's a very touching song, and、um, I think it has a beautiful melody. And so we were able to record it with a string quartet, and it's just gorgeous, and I just love it. And so,、um, and she sings it so beautifully, and he plays it wonderfully. And、uh, so that record is coming out in January. The wonderful things to come. All right. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay, so we're gonna switch it up a bit. I have a new、uh, item on the、uh, show, which I'll call my take five.、Uh, so it's just kind of a pick one out of the two options. So I'll give you two words, and you tell me which one you prefer. And it'll just be five items、uh, total. Okay, so first one is jazz or blues. Jazz. Uh huh. Jazz. Oh,、okay. I love the blues, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you can't have jazz without the blues.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Miles or Coltrane? I'm gonna say Miles, even though Coltrane is the greater player, but Miles is,、uh, I think, just his body of work covers so much, 
the history of his music from Charlie Parker playing with Bird all the way through to Tutu in the end is, is you know he never stopped challenging himself and growing I mean the stuff he did with Gil Evans Porgy and Best sketches of Spain and then the electric stuff Jack Johnson Bitches Brew I mean it just is fast and of course he's incredible soloist touches that mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> okay next one is writing or performing Ooh. you know, sometimes it's like for me like when the band has a weekly gig then it becomes my vehicle for writing um it feels like i need that vehicle to have the inspiration to write more and more um so they obviously go hand in hand um and uh so again you can't have one without the other for me it's it's just such a, a thrill to write a song and i'm not the greatest singer in the world or whatever but so i'll i'll record write a song i'll record it with me singing a demo and i'll you know do the best i can with the melodies or sometimes more diff way more difficult from that i can sing but you know that's the idea and so then i'll give it to the singer and i'll be like and i'll say okay so will you replacing this one with the band yes okay what key b flat so then i'll go to the arranger and i'll say okay so and so wants to sing this song she sings it or he sings it in b flat and make it this way like you know maybe throw him a couple of references and uh, you know give it this vibe and so he'll but you know they listen to me a little bit but then they'll come up with their own thing as the arranger which is great and so then they come up with the arrangement and then we'll go to the club and without having rehearsed at all or even sound checked the song there's the music on the bandstand there's the singer there's one two three four kick it off and we play the song <laughs> and so suddenly it goes from my piano to this full big sound coming out with the whole, whole packed audience listening to it and there's the song it's a miracle for me so you know i get so that they, they go hand in hand you know and, uh, so both <laughs> yeah both i guess is the answer okay cool good 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 okay two more uh, which you basically already answered this one, but newer jazz or standard jazz? What do you mean by newer jazz? Today's jazz um, that's not based off of standards, but more original music and um, even getting into like fusion and things like that. Well, I, I, you know, definitely it's the standard jazz by a long shot it's me and it for me it, it goes back to melody um and it's not just melody it's um because the melodies were more complex more interesting maybe more catchy too and here's why i think it's um because i also have played a lot of solo gigs when i was just kind of in New York and huffling and puffing. And um, so I did my best version that I could do of stride piano, which is barely passable. But I also got into um, writing that way. And so there's a, once you get into the groove of it, there's a syncopation. So you can write a melody, but you're also doing the stride thing in with your left hand, you know, bass note, chord how you're going to phrase that chord uh, passing basically you know so that hand's going that way and and you're trying to come up with harmonies and a melody with the other one but so it's implicit that it has this synchronicity to it or i don't know if that's the right word but um so it has a groove like a built-in groove in a way but it could be also very complicated in terms of not complicated but the melody has you know, an arc. Um, so, I mean, I think, like, I was having the conversation and somebody, this friend was saying, like, 
got this idea that anything is better when it's played as jazz and you know like the Beatles sound better as jazz or this or that and I was like no it doesn't it sounds you could good singer and a good band can make it sound passable but <laughs> anyway that's my opinion Okay, and then last one, Cali or New York? Oh God, New York, any day of the week. Oh my God, I love New York. I love New York City, I love Brooklyn. I just, if I, if somebody said you, you're bad, you can't, you can never leave New York the rest of your life, I'm like, great, no problem. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just the best, you know? Everything, everything is here. So many talented people, friends, and shared experiences, and uh, and you never stop striving. You never stop trying to get better, trying to work on your craft. Mm-hmm. And you're you're inspired by the people you you know the other artists, other people. I mean, or just not even the artists, all the courageous people from the from the guy direct or gal directing traffic on the street to like you know just like these i mean i just i'm inspired by everybody here i don't know Mm. that's perfect and that that was gonna be my final question what inspires you i like to ask everyone that what what inspires you lately and actually that is a a very popular one the people like people inspire people which is truth yeah but nothing inspires you more than being in love. <laughs> yes, and you are newly married. So newly married. And yes, love um, is the most inspiring of them all. Yes, exactly. So, and an unending source of material. And uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah. What a day this has been What a rare mood I'm in Why it's almost like being in love 
There's a smile on my face for the whole human race. Why, it's almost like being in love. All the music of life seems to be like a bell that is ringing for me. And from the way that I feel, when that bell starts to peal, I would swear I was falling, swear I was falling, like almost like being in love. of life seems to be like a bell that is ringing for me and from the way that I feel when that bell starts to peal I would swear I was falling swear I was falling why it's almost like being in love Okay, and lastly, what would you say to encourage uh, the next jazzers in the field? Um, I would say, you know, yeah, you study the, you know, and I feel like they do this, musicians do this anyway. The, the, the ones, the jazzers who come to me, it's like there's this young, young guy who showed up um, who's a friend of Tyreek McDowell's, and his name is Houston Patton, and... Um, and he he was in the audience. He sat with Lynn, my wife, and I talked to him a little bit. And he's visiting. He's in town from Detroit. He plays alto. Gave me his number again. And then you know, on Facebook, I saw him. You know, the people put up the videos of them playing along with whatever, and it sounded great. Just swinging his ass off, and uh, it was funny. And then Lynn told me later that he had told him that if he could. I forget if he could do have anything he would just have all the instruments of the world and just play all the time and you know it's obviously he just the music was so he was so in his system and everything and but his also his um devotion to the history of it and you could so I asked him to play in the band and he played last week for the first time and it was incredible he was like he was so great he was like well I don't know 22 but um so I feel like I feel like that's one part of it. So to um, to really get invested in uh, the legacy of the music. And here's another part that's like people don't talk about so much: the sartorial part of it. Come looking, looking, you know, professional. Like if you, whatever you're wearing, you, you know. You always look lovely, Leah, no matter what you're wearing or the cats wear a nice suit or, you know, whatever it is. Always take it seriously. Don't come in sneakers or anything like that. So pay, pay attention to that history, too. And you always get the gig over the other person. If you look, if you can play really well and you look good. I mean, it sounds superficial, but like you said, we're performing. It's, it is performance, so people want that yeah. I want. yeah definitely I'd agree yeah good 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 awesome well, thank you so much JC and tell the listeners where we can find all your wonderful music oh you know uh, www.jchopkins.com is there and um, I don't know there's a face um, YouTube channel and Instagram JC Hopkins Biggest Band Excellent. Come down to Minton's December 17th. Yes. Leah will be singing. Mm. Yes, yes. And JC, the biggest band will be running it up. <laughs> yes, indeed. Excellent. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I definitely appreciate it and wonderful to hear um, the wisdom that you have. So, yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
to win. People had style. There was Lester, Webster, Thelonious, and Miles. Yardbird, Dizzy, Bias, and Ku Klux. I want to go back there and hear that sweet beep bop. Oh yeah! Let's get all decked out. Let's go uptown, up to Mentor's Playhouse. Checking out the sounds. Swimming in a sea of hats. Swimming in a sea of hats. I want to go back. It's where I want to be at. Oh yeah! Opened up his joint in 1938 When the word went round All the cats were hustling through the gate Round midnight up in Harlem The cats will still be jamming The scatters will be scanning The flim flammers still flim flamming Oh yeah Let's get all decked out Let's go uptown Up to Minton's Playhouse Checking out the sounds Swimming in a sea of hats Swimming in a sea of hats I want to go back there, it's where I want to be at, oh track of that album meet me at Minton's and you can find that song and so many other wonderful wonderful music on there so definitely go and check that out he and I will also be at Minton's this Saturday December 17th uh, there's two shows there's a 7:30 and a 9:30. make your reservations because you don't want to get there and it and it'd be too packed <laughs> make your reservations and join us there meet us at Minton's Harlem uh, yes, I'm so excited to to chat with JC. I hope you enjoyed that. I know that you did. There were so many great nuggets there, and um, um, such a, a joy to uh, sit down and chat with him. And continue to support. Check him out on his website, jchopkins.com, and uh, purchase his music, stream his music, share his music, and support, support, support. You can check him out on social media as well. And we did get to hear his most recent song, One of Those Days, featuring my friend, Venetia Gould. Uh, such a lovely song, one of my favorites of his. And uh, yeah, continue to stream it. You can check out all the songs on Spotify at our playlist, Sweet Sounds Radio Show with Leah. You'll find it there in this show as well. All right, y'all. Be encouraged. Be inspired. Inspire others. Be inspired to do some good. And we'll see you next time same time same place this is sweet sounds radio show where we play inspirational jazz and soul new and old uh leah hinton here and i'm out let it be a sweet sweet
Thank you.